Hey, No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners. This week, we're bringing back Douglas Vermeeren. Doug talked to us in the previous episode about personal power mastery and what it takes to be successful. This week, Doug has graciously agreed to come back and talk about how to create passive income. And for many of us who are making transitions or want to supplement or change our lifestyles radically to have more freedom, Doug has lessons and information you won't want to miss. So we're going to hop on over and start our interview with Doug now. Hey, Doug, welcome back. And thanks for joining us for another podcast. You know, your first podcast was had so much information about personal power mastery and what it takes to be successful. But we talked, you and I talked after that about another piece of success. And this is really about having resource. This is my lingo, not your lingo, but, but about having necessary resources to be able to move through the world in the way that you need and want to. And you generously offered to come back on and talk about passive wealth and creating passive income. So with that, it, could you just explain to our folks what is passive income? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, th- I think the thing that most people misunderstand is, we, well, first of all, we all know that we need to have income streams, right? That's how our bills get paid. We need to have money coming in. But the way that most people traditionally do it is they do it by means of a trade. What I mean is that they're giving something up to be able to accumulate that stream. And what passive income essentially is, is accumulating streams of income, but without having to make the trade. So where traditionally people would have to trade their time to go work at a job, or let's say their efforts, or you know, sometimes even their freedoms that are there, or you know, let's face it, even some people trade their inspiration, their best ideas go to the person that they work for. Well, when we're talking about passive income, what we're talking about is we make a trade up front, but it generally benefits us, and then there's no further trades to be made. So in other words, we're receiving now income without having to trade our time, our efforts, our freedom, any of these things, because we've done that in the beginning. So how do people even go about that? And how does that link? I mean, I get the sense that it's bringing in revenue, diversified streams of revenue, but how does that link to actually sustainable wealth building? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess the the thing that most people don't understand is if we look at the truly most wealthy people in the world, they don't trade their time for money. They don't. They don't trade anything for money. In fact, most of the time they're making money while they sleep and 24 hours a day. And they're also making money often through leveraged means. Now, we'll talk a little bit maybe in the future about leverage. It's a big, big topic that we can speak about. But wealthy people understand that they've only got so much time and effort, so much energy available to them. And so they, they understand that the only way to make more money than their time will allow is to either leverage the time from other people, the effort from other people, the knowledge from other people, the effort, the network, but most importantly, even the money from other people to build assets. And a great example is actually if we use real estate, right? Like most people generally out of the gate do not have enough money to go purchase their house cash. They just don't. So we leverage the money of, for example, a bank to be able to accumulate the asset. Now, again, if, if you're doing this from the point of view of renting that property, it now becomes an income source to you. And so this is really what passive income is about. But it's not just about leveraging money anymore. It's about leveraging a multitude of things to create an income stream that will pay you without you trading your time for it. And that's, I think, where most people kind of miss this concept. They don't understand that you know, passive income, we, it's kind of a catchphrase now. Everyone talks about it, 
because the internet has made it so easy to make passive income. But the truth of the matter is, is passive income has existed since almost the dawn of time. Like we've been making passive income forever. It's just sort of now it's got this popularity. And I think that that's actually a danger too, because a lot of people have this understanding that they think they need to be online to be able to be successful creating passive income. And that's not necessarily true. So you gave an example of real estate as a type of passive income, especially Mm. if you're using it to rent and that kind of thing. What are some other offline things? Because I think you made a good point that a lot of people think it's only online. Well, the truth of the matter is, is all of the areas where money can be made can be done both offline and online. And it really just has to do with your creativity on how you figure out the way that you... Bottom line is, is to create passive income, you have to have an asset that produces rather than you. Okay, so something that you've systematized or created that will generate the cash. And there's really five ways or five pillars that I I call the pillars of wealth. Now, like I said, they can be online and offline. The first one is business. Now, business can represent many things. In fact, you can own a business. You can, you know, you can even buy a business. You can make money off of someone else's business by investing in it. Uh, But the truth of the matter is that the statistics around wealth are very fascinating. They demonstrate that 84% of all self-made millionaires are made in that category of business. Now, again, keeping in mind, I'm talking about cash flow millionaires. I'm not just talking about net worth because the second category after business is real estate. Now, most people can actually become real estate millionaires quite easily because most of us have, you know, especially depending on what part of the world you live in. I just got back from London, the UK. It's very difficult to own a property. In fact, that doesn't eventually equate to over a million dollars. So that's an asset millionaire versus a cash flow millionaire. Passive right now, what we're talking about today is all about cash flow. Okay, now we'll talk about equity and net worth and this another time. But real estate is one of the one of the tools that you can use to build cash flow. Now, obviously, you can do that by flipping properties, which isn't very passive. Rentals or real estate income trusts or other forms of uh, real estate transaction are much more passive. By the way, that's another thing. Maybe we should even talk about and clarify at this point. People have a misunderstanding that something's either you know, like 100% passive, meaning I do nothing, just collect money, versus, oh, somebody who's got a job and they work. Well, the truth of the matter is, is passive income, most people who truly understand it, recognize that it's a continuum. So let's just talk about this as a continuum, for example. If a person is doing like a real estate rental property, it's not entirely passive. Like it's not 100% passive. There will be times where you need to go out and perhaps hire someone to fix things that are maybe broken in the property. There'll be maintenance that needs to be done. Also, there'll be the including of of you picking up a check. And there's a variety of things that can be there. So we need to understand that passive is in a continuum as well. It's not just, you know, in or out. There's just different degrees of that. So in addition to real estate, we talk about business and real estate. The other three are very interesting, and that's investing. And that can include, again, buying stocks, bonds, mutual funds, any kind of an investment instrument that, that will produce a dividend or a cash flow for you. And, you know, again, there's very varying degrees of that. And including with the, that category, there's also, you know, sometimes elements of risk. I've, you know, I've lost money on investments before. We'll talk about that in the, in the, next, uh, in the next time we visit maybe. But it's one way you can generate passive income. And there are safe ways to do that. The fourth one is what we call IP or intellectual property. And that's exploiting ideas that you have. Now, most people kind of right away think that that means, oh, I've got to write an ebook or maybe I'm making YouTube videos or you know, some way to exploit your IP. And those are great ways, no question about it. But the ways that are often more profitable is to license your ideas where you're going to be paid a royalty or a licensing fee or maybe even a franchise where you're franchising something 
you're not, again, doing the work, but you're collecting fees based on someone using your intellectual property. So like I said, we'll talk more about some of these concepts later, but that's a, that's a really great one. And, uh, and I've been very successful with it. In fact, I've made a lot of money. One of the things that we've done is we've produced a handful of movies. It was a movie that we did in 2008. That's like 11 years ago. And I'm still getting money off of it today. So again, that's intellectual property that's, that's demonstrated that. Now, obviously, with intellectual property, it's, it's a little tricky for some people to do it at a high, high level because there's two things that you really need to sort of master to do that. One is a distribution channel where you can monetize what you're sending out. The second is marketing. And a lot of people struggle with that. So the fourth or the fifth one, the fifth and final one that I think a lot of people miss when it comes to creating passive income is actually their own network. In other words, the people that you're connected with. In fact, a lot of the the money that I make passively is through collaboration with other people. It's oftentimes, again, through you know partnering with others who have a business and, and maybe I become involved in it in some capacity. In fact, I even once made just a little over $400,000 in one hour with none of my own money by simply using my network and introducing people who could serve each other. And so we've also got that possibility as well. So those are kind of the five pillars uh, on how all money is made. Like I said, it can be done online and offline. It's just a matter of being resourceful and creative to create these vehicles, how you can create those assets of passive income. So let's dive a little bit deeper into that. So you've got the five pillars. So say that I'm starting out, what are some of the things you would advise me to consider before picking any one of those five? Yeah, well, I think there's, there's a couple of things that I always have people look at. The first thing is, is to look at your own skill sets and to look at your own assets, what you currently have. I always feel like the best way to start with any kind of a business venture is to really seize the low-hanging fruit. The things that are going to be most inclined to be successful for you. Again, if you've got a specific set of skills or personality traits that will help you to be more successful there. The one thing that I've noticed as I've traveled the world and, and not only being wealthy myself, but observing other wealthy people is they kind of try to stack the odds in their favor. They generally don't look for things that have a steep learning curve or things that they haven't got already a skill set in. They look for things that already are close to what they can do and what they already possess. So that's the first thing that I would encourage you to look at. I think the second is kind of to realize it's not just also about you and your passion and your purpose, but where does your passion and purpose overlap a community that is ready to support you? So in other words, you need to find uh, an audience that's thriving, that's hungry, that's prepared to pay for your expertise, and prepared to support and validate that expertise. And so even though you may have discovered something wonderful that you love to do, you need to find people that also will dial into that. And you need to learn how to communicate with them in such a way that they're going to see value in what you offer. I kind of love, there's a quote that Warren Buffett said once. He said, what you love about you is your hobby. What others love about you is your business. And so it's really important that you find that overlap or you're going to really just have nothing occur. <laughs> Very important. So I want to think about starting. You say, I would consider like, what are my strengths? What might I already have if I've got intellectual property or whatever, right? Yes. Um, so then if I think about that, what steps do I take? Do I need, I mean, some of the stuff you talked about, like intellectual property, say I already mm. had a bunch of that. Yeah. It sounds to me like if I'm going to be doing licensing or anything, I need professionals to help me figure out the back end of that in terms of the legal issues, all of sure. that. Versus starting with low-hanging fruit where I may yeah. not. And, and sometimes you will. In fact, I think this is one of the big kind of misunderstandings a lot of people have when it comes to passive income or even entrepreneurship in general is they figure that they have to do it all alone. They figure that they've got to do it by themselves. 
And so I'm going to suggest that sometimes the best way to make a lot of money is actually to get out of the way. <laughs> you know, let someone who's a professional help you develop and you know, share what you do. In fact, how does the saying go? If you're a cog in the wheel, you're a clog in the wheel. And so I feel like um, for me, if I look at my journey to passive income, and I'm now over seven figures of passive income, the first thing that I always try to do is I look at what I can delegate or hire off to someone else to do, and especially to do better than me. In fact, for those of you who followed me online for any degree, you know that I've got online funnels and we have you know, various materials and programs that are available to the general public. But the truth of the matter is, is most of that I did not build. Most of that I found someone else who could create those uh, technology mechanisms for me to deliver my IP. I come up with the ideas. I come up with the content. But the delivery of that is generally based on a tool that someone else has created. So definitely get help. I think that that's really important to do that. And did you start out that way or did you learn that the hard way by trying to do more than you were you know, ready to do? Well, I think any entrepreneur continually learns that the hard way because we always want to do what, um, you know, how, how do I phrase this? We always want to do control. We want to have control over the things that we have in our life, right? We want to control these kinds of things. And so that's kind of the, um, you know, the approach that most entrepreneurs take. And so I think we're always learning that it's a balance of when do I let go? When do I, how do I say this? When do I kind of release it to others, Right. And uh, I think that, you know, for me, one of the things that I'm always trying to do whenever I develop a new idea is before I bring in anyone else, I kind of in a way subtly want proof of concept, right? I kind of want to know, will this work? Will people be interested? And I will often pitch it to even some of my associates nearby, like people that are in my network. And if, if they kind of light up, then I carry on. And once some of this framework around it is built, well, then that's when I get other people involved, right? So I think that that's... That's the way probably most entrepreneurs do it. Since you've worked with folks in creating passive income streams, and I know you do that, you help coach folks, what are the typical things that get in the way? Wow. Well, I think the number one thing that I see is, is just a fear to get started, right? They think that you know this might work for other people. They see others online that are doing it. And they also see all the big success stories of people living on the beach and making all this money and that's passive income to them. And so they're like, oh, wow, that's too big. I could never do that. And the truth of the matter is, is passive income actually starts small. You got to remember that even a small, like I've just got one client we were working with yesterday and they started generating $60 a month, six zero, that's it. But the thing that you got to remember is it's not that that's a small amount. That's not what you want to focus on. You want to focus on that that is free money. And they'll have that now for the rest of their life every single week. Free money, $60. Now, the thing that I think is maybe the next part of this question, you know, why are people struggling with it? Why do they have a hassle? Is because they don't understand that it's going to take more than just one income stream to make it work. In fact, if I looked at the passive income streams that I had and at the beginning and what I have now and also what I'm currently creating, so I'm always a creator as well, I would say that that number would be in the hundreds. We've got hundreds of different things that I've created, books and CDs and DVDs and real estate property and businesses that I own and you know intellectual property that I've licensed. And I mean, it's just a, a really big collage of different things that are there. But the cool thing about this is that most of these are now items that I don't have to spend any time with at all. I just simply cash a check. Like that's one of my favorite jobs is just simply cashing a check. So when people ask me, Doug, what do you do for a living? My answer is always as little as possible. And I delegate everything else as best as I can. So but I don't want to gloss over the fact that you said you create. And creating takes 
energy and it takes focus. And if you're pulled mm. offline doing a bunch yes. of tasks, you can't do the creation work. Yeah. Oh, I agree with that. And it, I guess, you know, as part of this, another big misunderstanding that a lot of people have when it comes to passive income, two big things that I believe it requires at the beginning is people don't understand that passive income is a result of active activity. So you must build it at the beginning, which also requires, you know, not only sometimes an investment of effort, but sometimes some money. I've actually bought passive income streams. In other words, someone else has built it. It looks like it's really working well. It's cash flowing for them. I bought it right out from under them. I paid them for that income stream. In fact, here's something interesting just to share is you will never, ever save your way to wealth. Wealth will always be the result of a purchase that you make. In other words, you cannot collect rent on a property you don't own. You can, cannot connect dividends on an investment you don't own. And you can't, of course, connect any kind of income or anything on intellectual property that you don't own and develop. So there is going to be a time when you're going to have to pay. Now, sometimes that's money. Sometimes that's effort. Sometimes that's partnering with right people. But you're always going to have to do something active at the beginning to develop that for yourself, right? That's very essential and very important. Now, I think that is a huge misconception. There is that, like, I just want it to be easy, but not effort. And eventually, it takes time. Like you're saying, there's that compound of one thing over the other. Correct. Absolutely, it is. It's like a big web, right? If you're if you're trying to balance on one strand, you're going to fall. But if the web interconnects and it overlaps and it builds an, a nice net, well, you can lay in that hammock quite comfortably. I like that visual. That's a great visual. Will you talk? I think a lot of our listeners have a network, even at maybe mm. a small network. Will you talk a little bit more about like how people could look within their own networks to get ideas about something they're doing or think differently yeah. about the people in it? Well, I, I think one of the things that was most useful for me, if I look kind of how my network has really worked well for me, it's it really, I think, comes into organizing and seeing possibilities. In other words, most people go to a networking event, they gather a business card, they think, feel like that's the goal. How many business cards can I get? They stack them all in stack, they wrap an elastic band around it, they put it in a drawer, it sits there for six months, they pull it out and go, oh, yeah, maybe one day I'll talk to him. They maybe thin the herd a little bit, and then they put the card back in, wrap the elastic, and in the drawer it goes. Well, that's not the way that you you do networking. Number one, you need to start with a purpose. You need to have an organization in your mind, if anything, of how you're going to sort these cards when they come back. So in other words, one of the things that I've done that's made me a lot of money is I've taken the cards, for example, of people I know that have money to invest and the cards of people I know that need money in their entrepreneurial enterprises. And I've done an agreement now that I will receive a percentage when I do an introduction and a deal gets funded. And that has made me a lot of money. Now, just on this note of networking, another thing that I'll also mention I think this is a big problem for a lot of people is that you'll never do a $10 deal or a million dollar deal at a $10 breakfast. You'll never do a million dollar deal at a $10 breakfast. So I think a lot of people are doing their networking in the wrong place. I think that they're there kind of hanging out with a bunch of other tire kickers, trying to demonstrate and sell what they do. Whereas in true networks, highly valuable networks, they are built on quality. And like I say, they're also built with an intention in mind. So you need to understand what it is that you're trying to do with that network before you get started. And, and I know I've just used the example of money as one of the networks, but another way that I sort my business cards is people actually who have skill sets who can help me develop assets. So you need to decide again what it is you're looking to create before you get started. Well, and you could have different uses for the same information. True. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. But I think going in with an intention is really important because you meet, we all meet a lot of people and it's really easy to go nice to meet you and let it go versus saying nice to meet you. I know someone who needs to meet you or you could help or vice versa. And it really engages us in a different way when we're talking with people and we have to think about them differently versus just like it's a body in my view. And maybe I'm a bit cold in saying this. Hopefully I'm not. But most people assume that networking is let's go make some friends and shake hands and, you know, get the word out about our business. In my opinion, that's the wrong approach to networking. What your real approach should be is you are a hunter trying to build a puzzle. And now you're looking for the pieces to create the right picture of the puzzle that you're trying to create. And so when I go to a networking event, I already have in mind the kinds of pieces that I'm looking for in my life, the puzzle pieces. And I don't know, maybe this even sounds kind of rude. I've never done this, but sometimes when someone comes up to me and they're not a right fit, you know, some people will just sit there and they'll chat all day and figure, oh, I'll get somebody to talk to about my business. Well, truth of the matter is, I think it's very much like sales. You've got to qualify the people you're talking to very quickly. And if there's somebody that's a right fit, then that's worth spending your time on. If it's someone that's not a right fit, I think it is appropriate to politely excuse yourself, thank them. And if you have to take their card, that's fine. You know, what you do with it later is your own business. But just so you know that you're focused and on the hunt for people that can support you. And it's interesting as I notice some of my friends who are you know, multimillionaires and billionaires, when they're at these kind of networking events, they're definitely polite and cordial to everyone, but they certainly know what they want. And they're not going to waste time chit-chatting about you know, the local sports and the weather and these kind of things that really don't serve them in the long run, right? Yeah, I don't think that's rude to say that. I mean, in the whole sense of networking, you're going there to learn and to figure out matches, in my mind. Yeah, yeah it's like a dating service, basically, right? It is, only better. Only better. <laughs> only better. Only um, better. So you talked about some of your own success in which mm-hmm. you've had considerable success. Um, can you share some of the success of others, you know, in addition to besides a $60 person? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that is a success. And sure, I, and it is. It is. It's always a funny thing to see a notice come in my email that someone paid me for something. And I'm thinking, what? Right. And I'm going, oh, you yeah. set that up a while ago. And you're right. It's not huge. But I'm thinking, well, cool. That's nice. I'm not retiring yeah. on it. I'm in the yeah. front end of the continuum. Absolutely. But, um, I think the in terms of the success, and then what is an arc? So if, say, someone starts out, what, how soon should they expect? Because I think a lot of people have that sit on the beach picture in their yeah, head because sure. that's what people promote. But what's an arc for when you start seeing momentum build on itself. Well, I, I guess we need to go back to those five pillars too, you know, business, real estate, investment, intellectual property, and our network. Each one of those has a different arc and it also depends on what you're doing and what your strength and skill set is there. I've seen some people like the fastest to a million that I've ever seen from an online activity was six minutes and 33 seconds from zero. And so that's a pretty quick arc, right? But that's not something that everybody does. Obviously, it takes a special set of skills to do that and a special network and uh, a variety of other aspects. I'm going to suggest that the easiest online kind of you know material that I've seen happen where someone has started producing an income immediately has sometimes been inside of about 20 to 30 minutes. They've had their first sales. And so it's, it doesn't take long at all. Now, if we shift to, say, real estate, you're doing rental income. I've seen sometimes people like, in fact, I've even done this where I bought a property that already had existing renters in it, right? So I was cash flowing from the very moment that I bought it. 
So it, it really depends. I think the thing that most people are afraid of is they think it takes a long time and they think it takes a lot of effort. And it really doesn't once you get started. So it's very accessible. And, you know, like I said, <laughs> how that will really look is ultimately which of those five you gravitate to. And whether it's online or offline, I personally think that online has a really low entry point. It's very easy to do and to be up and running. But then if you know what you're doing, so does offline, <laughs> right? So there's really no hard set of rules with that. Now, you're talking about success stories from some of my clients. Um, I've seen some amazing ones. Uh, one of the things that I, I'm always proud of is people who really learn that principle of leverage that we talked about earlier. When you understand leverage, not only do you create big uh, passive income immediately and quick passive income immediately, but sometimes you create, which is borderline miracles. I've got one of my students, his name is Phil, and he actually used other people's money, none of, none of his own, no cent of his own. And I taught him how to really leverage that idea of real estate. And so using no one's money, nothing, or like using none of his own money, using someone else's money, he actually was able to buy an apartment building that had a main floor that did retail shops. And now he passively flows $350,000 each month in passive income after expenses. Isn't that interesting? And it didn't cost him a dime of his own. Now, keeping in mind, one of the things that he's developed that's made this successful is he also now has obviously a maintenance team, a management team, and others that get paid to actually manage that property and a few other ones that he now owns. But it's completely for him passive. The only thing that he receives is reports and checks. Well, technically, direct deposit through you know the, the the technology mechanisms that do that. So that's kind of a neat one for me. But I one of my favorites. It's up close and personal to me. Is um we actually had a single mom that attended one of our passive income never work again trainings in Las Vegas. You know she had gone through a lot of really terrible stuff in her life. It just wasn't working well for her. I think she was down to her last thirty five dollars, and uh, her credit card was way overdrawn and just everything. And so we were able to help her. And now she is a full-time real estate investor. But that's really a passive job if you think about it. And uh, she does, you know, she's got close to 30 properties and she's got 125,000 cash in the bank now. And she's just, you know, a part-time volunteer at her kid's school. And like, these are the kind of neat things. It's not always about the money. It's really about the lifestyle that this can create. And I've got some of my students who now do a lot of traveling around the world. In fact, I have one friend that says I take two vacations a year. Each one of them is six months long, <laughs> right? And we may laugh at that, but the truth of the matter is, is that passive income is a lifestyle that allows you to do that. And yes, he spends time every once in a while just kind of tweaking his funnels that he's built or some things that he's got going on, but it's not really a job. You know, I mean, it's, it's something that can be done in 10 or 15 minutes a day or less. And so it's for him more of a hobby that just pays him very well for him to be able to enjoy the world. And last I actually was talking with him, uh, actually it was about three days ago, he was in Thailand getting ready to go scuba diving. So, I mean, this is what passive income can do for you and your, and your life. Well, and then there's you that has a bunch of passive income and still is engaged in teaching and one-on-one -on -one work and helping to grow other people. So there is that balance of people who still want to be connected in the work and create mm -hmm. and and also have passive income. Well, I have to confess, I, um, I have tried the beach thing and it's really fun, but I get bored, right? Like for me, I'll sit down on a beach, I'll read a book 
a day or two later, I just get antsy. And so I need to be around people. I need to be connected to people. And so the one thing about passive income is it gives you the freedom to choose. Now, I love to be engaged. I love to travel. And even when I travel, I love tropical locations. Don't get me wrong. I do a lot of those. But I'm also kind of of the energy where I love a, a London or a Manhattan or you know a busy place, uh, wherever. You just put me in, in some place where there's energy. And I just love that. But occasionally I'll, I'll sit on the beach, but not for long. That's so funny. I feel the same way. It's like, okay, we're done here. Let's move. Yeah, we're done here. I got enough sand in my shoes. Let's go. It's fun. Right? It's fun. Uh, but let's talk. One of those places, and you just referenced it in your workshop, is the Las Vegas event. I also yes. want to know more about that in case people want to go to that. But then also about in terms of your work and coaching, how people can be involved in that or a book around this. Anything Absolutely. You that can take this further. Well, we just put out a brand new book called Passive Income Millionaire. This is actually one of my favorite books for the simple reason that it shows you step-by-step how passive income is built, but also how it is stacked and you multiply the income streams so that you can get to six and seven figure freedom. This is the kind of stuff that not only replaces jobs, like your job, but it also replaces a negative lifestyle, you know, a pattern of poverty. So in this book, I talk about Uh, really seven steps to a seven-figure passive income. They're very clear and easy to follow steps or things that you can do instantly and easily. And then you repeat them and do them again and again and again so that you can have, of course, the lifestyle that you want, deserve, and desire. So that's, that's the first book. And by the way, you can find that book. In fact, I think we're offering it right now at a discounted rate for only $5.95. Like really easy to access. And you just go to PassiveIncomeMillionaireBook.com. Very easy, PassiveIncomeMillionaireBook.com, and you can pick up your copy for $5.95. Now, of course, when we retail this book, it actually retails on things like Amazon for, I think, 34 So this is a really good opportunity to grab this book and learn about it and get started if you're interested to build passive income immediately. And what about your Las Vegas event? Well, we actually do events around the world. So not just Las Vegas. I love Las Vegas. It's always a fun town to hang out in and play. But we do events all over the world. In fact, I think my next passive income training event is in London, England in January. But we do them around the world. So probably the best is to um, either get on one of our mailing lists where that'll share with you when you know we've got events that are there or go to my website, which is douglasvermeeren.com or number one passive income coach. .com. That's my domain as well. Number one, PassiveIncomeCoach.com. And we've got a list of events that we do all over the world. In fact, um, we've got some in Canada coming up. I know several in the United States this year, all over everywhere from Los Angeles to Arizona to Chicago to New York City to everywhere in between, basically, right? Like we hit both coasts and everywhere in between. But we also do Australia. We do, uh, like I said, the UK. South Africa is another place we spend a lot of time at. So we're all over the world. I guarantee that if you're in an English-speaking country, you're going to have something happen somewhat near to you or a place where you can get to. But even if you can't, I'm going to tell you, get to one of the ones like in one of the other cities. And the reason why is you wouldn't believe how many passive income streams, if you will, we've seen people create through collaboration with others at our event. So in other words, someone who said, well, I don't really have a lot of skills online, but I've got great IP. Well, then they put them together with person that does have that kind of skill. And suddenly they've both got income coming in by both leveraging each other. So don't discount the idea of, you know, traveling a little bit to start really earning your income. Well, and you're already putting people together who have a shared mind around something. So that already Mm -hmm. qualifies the people in the room. 
Absolutely, right? it does. Absolutely, it does. So, and they're all there to learn from you. I mean, those are some of the main things when you're networking with people is even figure, are they a fit for you? And you've already done that if people show up. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Doug, I really appreciate our time together on this. I'm looking forward to learning more from you, either in person. I already get the book, but I like the in-person thing. Yeah, well, I can't make do do both and we'll make it work for you. (laughs) anyway so i'm gonna let all of our folks know about that really listeners i hope you will go out and get the book Um, i know when you're in a transition resources and finances can be scary and i think starting and being proactive about putting a net under yourself and around yourself and really leveraging and learning from doug is a smart way to go i know i'm going to be doing that as well And Doug, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap this particular episode? Well, I think the biggest thing to tell anyone is just get started. Don't hesitate. Don't hold back. Your future's ahead of you, and it's going to arrive a lot quicker than you imagine. What do they say? The Chinese saying says there's two fantastic times to plant a tree. One of them is 20 years ago. The other is right now. And I can only imagine, in fact, I see this all the time at our events, People say, I wish I would have known this when I was like five years old. Well, the truth of the matter is you can't do much about that, but you can start today, which will at least put you farther ahead tomorrow than you ever thought possible. I love it. Thank you very much, Doug. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the No Labels, No Limits podcast. We hope you liked what you heard, and if you did, we ask that you go over to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. If you know someone who would enjoy this podcast, please be sure to share. And until next time, have a great week living a no labels, no limits, and no excuses life.